Father, we bow before you right now, brothers and sisters in Christ, the family of God. And Lord, we want to give you thanks, first of all, because you have sustained us. You have cared for us as individuals and families and as a, a nation, uh, as a cornerstone community. Lord, you've been meeting our needs. Some of our brothers and sisters right now need a job. And God, I, I know you're going to provide that for them. And even now, I ask that you would ordain that perfect job for them. And Lord, to get them connected to it very quickly now. Lord, I, I pray for the health of our congregation physically, Lord, that you would continue to heal those who have encountered uh, this virus. And Lord, let them have a full and complete and speedy recovery. Father, for those who have not come in contact, Lord, we pray for protection, for health, for strength. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would be with our church family and that you would protect our, our jobs and our incomes, our ability to care for our family and the ministry of the gospel through our church. And Lord, help us to be able to protect and care for our disciples at home, right here in this community and overseas. And Father, I pray this morning that you would restore and protect the mental and emotional health of our people. Lord, this situation, maybe like no other, has caused a level of stress and anxiety and uh, fear of the unknown. And God, I pray that you would just minister a peace that passes understanding right now to our people. Minister in the inner man that peace that supersedes everything we are experiencing in our circumstance right now. And Lord, let us be healthy emotionally and mentally and spiritually and physically today. God, thank you for what you've done through this church family. Lord, continue to work in us and through us. This is our prayer as a family this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Amen. I'm going to uh, ask Pastor David to come switch spots with me as we continue our doubt series. Yeah. So Pastor David's going to come on over. We've been talking about doubt and, uh, you know, like discouragement can lead you to doubt. And we're just going to pull that thread a little bit further today and really take it from not just uh, discouragement can open the door to doubt, but really discouragement can open the door to depression. I mean, it can be not just a little doubt. It can be devastating and debilitating. Yes. Uh, Yes. Doubt can be it. It kind of flips breakers and shuts us down. Yeah. So yeah. take the conversation from there and let's let's take it forward into the word of God and use some examples today that'll yeah. help us comprehend that. Well, and, and we've said it before too so far in the series that it's really important to even your flipping the breakers uh, analogy there is really important. We're we're not this disconnected person with different arenas of life, like I have a spiritual arena over here and a physical arena over here, emotional, mental, whatever. We're actually all connected into one thing. Yeah. And when one breaker flips, it might cause another. Shut to down flip. the whole thing. Yeah. That's right. And so because we're a whole person and because we're an embodied spirit, we've talked about this at length now. Yeah. Um, all of that makes up wonderful old me. And, and it's important to view us that way because uh, the, the more that I can view myself as a whole person, the more that I can go towards health, the more that I can actually uh, uh, deal in one arena, it'll have impact and it'll be important for another arena to push me towards actual healing and wholeness. Yeah. And and I guess our question is, does the church really talk about this enough? Maybe Not, not enough, for at, sure. At least in the circles that, I, that I've run in before, I don't know that we've talked out, maybe doubt's a thing that people talk about, but I don't know that we go to that kind of depth about depression, anxiety, or, or traumatic experiences. How are you not this morning? Here. I'm depressed, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's the veneer on instead. And so I think it's really important for church to talk about mental health. Oh. And, and mental illness and and, and and those kind of things. And I think the Bible 
does address this stuff. Definitely. Because it talks about people. And people have mental health issues all the time. <laughs> That's right. But so let me pause here. It's really not in the direction. I just want to side, yeah. sidebar a minute. So even we who are leading, yeah. and that's we're going to look at leaders this morning that's in right. particular, but even we who are leading have struggles with depression, that's right. uh, mood swings, uh, yeah. high, low, right. back to high. Uh, and in the course of ministering to people, we are called to weep with those who weep and rejoice yes, with absolutely. those who rejoice, which means we could be at a funeral uh, as you were this week, Susan and me, ladies, our church ministering to one of our own and you're weeping with them. And, and then a few minutes later, someone has a baby and we go to rejoice. The child's been born healthy and mom's healthy. And you may experience in just the course of even hours, this, you know, great swings sure. of things. Sure. And it's difficult. Yeah. That's difficult for us to deal with. Yeah. And, and it really is. I think it's important for us to understand how God deals with that or, or maybe the question should be does the bible or god even ask these questions yeah. at all does god even deal with this does he does he care about the varying degrees of mental illness or mental health that someone might be going through and i think we should just examine the scripture sure. to see sure. some different characters who actually did go through some depression some doubt some anxiety whatever it lots of anxiety lots yeah. of stress yep let's look at numbers chapter 11 we're going to look at moses um, this is a prayer of his he says this, if this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I have found favor in your eyes, then do not let me find my own ruin. God, just shoot me in the face. Yeah, I mean, like that's what Moses, Moses is at such a <laughs> depressed, I mean, anxious spot. This is his prayer. It's very honest. Yeah. And I appreciate the honesty that, that even Moses puts no in here. No veneer here. No, no, there's no, I'm doing great today. No. He's he's 100% with God. Let's, let's look also at Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. While he was himself, uh, sorry, while, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. He said, "Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors." Wow. The same, the same sentiment felt by Elijah here. And then we could, we could keep going on this, but we'll just go three examples today. There's Jonah in the book of Jonah. Uh, this is kind of the third of these types of prayers. It says, "Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live." Now, these three men loved God. They knew who he was. They loved him. They served him. They were incredibly effective leaders in their own the top generations. Tier. Yeah, top absolutely. Tier leaders. Yep. I mean, you've got the great liberator Moses and the lawgiver. You have uh, the prophet Elijah who called fire from heaven. I'm not sure you or I yep. or anybody else has ever done that before. Jonah. Uh, Jonah. The great evangelist. That's right. However reluctant he was. <laughs> one of the best evangelists recorded in scripture. I mean, he went to a foreign nation of Israel's enemies. Yes, yes and preached the preached a message of repentance and, and had one of the God. most effective revivals recorded anywhere in history. And even still, mm -hmm. depression sets in on these men. Depression and doubts and anxiety are filling their minds maybe as a result of circumstances. Well, well that's or, the thread we want to pull. Right. Why did they pray the way they right. prayed? How do you how does Moses and Elijah I mean, these are the two who appear with, on the Mount of Transfiguration right. with Jesus. Right. These are big names. How do they get to the place where they're like, God, just kill me. I'm done. Right. Well, and, and I think we need to talk about that. What What is it that's happening in their lives? Maybe the word we could use is, is like a common trigger. Yeah, triggers. Like we, we, we see a pattern maybe emerge of Because if it triggers. can trigger Moses and Elijah. Sure. Then certainly we're susceptible. Okay. Then we're going to feel So one of the reasons they prayed 
the way that they prayed. The reason, one, one of the trigger, one of the mm. ways they got to this point is they were worn out physically. Mm. And the scripture is very clear to tell us that when these uh, leaders got to this point, they were worn out physically and it talks about how depleted they were. Let, let me go back again, hit those same passages yep. that you yep. read. Numbers 11, here's what preceded Moses' prayer. Numbers 11, 11. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you've put the burden of all these people on me? What did I do that you made me the leader, a babysitter of a million people? I mean, yeah, what did I do to you, God, to offend you? That's the way he's praying. Verse 14, I cannot carry these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. Listen, uh, Moses was a leader, a governor, pastor, whatever, of a million people. We think at least a million people in that exodus, okay? And pastoring or leading that that massive multitude of people. Do they have enough water? Do they have enough food? Are they going to have shelter? Are enemies going to overrun us? Is, uh, are, are we moving too fast for the little children to keep up? Are, there's so many issues involved. Yeah. And then the people complain nonstop for 40 years, nonstop. And Moses is just worn out physically. Moses, this is such a, I mean, you talk about uh, openness and prayer, honesty, authenticity in prayer. Moses is like, God, (laughs) what did I do to you? That, that I mean, I, I'm exhausted. Yeah. You've put this burden on me, and it's more than a man can bear. Let me give you another twist that maybe you've not considered about Moses. Remember, Moses had anxiety about public speaking. The scripture is very clear. So yeah. for those of you who went in school, your teacher said, next week we're going to give, you know, oral Speech, reports, yeah. <laughs> speeches. And you're just like, I'll take the zero. Thank you. <laughs> If you're the person that gets that sick feeling in your stomach when yeah. you're asked to pray publicly or stand up and give a speech at you're work, or pre- that's Moses. Yeah. Now, he's a great general, a great leader, a great mm-hmm. tactician, a wonderful uh, uh, you know, uh, example of a leader. He did not like to speak publicly. Yeah. And because he had to all the time, it ratcheted up in it's him constant. nervous ulcers in his stomach. True. I mean, uh, it, it gave him anxiety and stress, which depleted him yeah. physically. Yeah. And let's talk about Elijah for a second. Elijah is in a similar condition. When he's saying, God, kill me, uh, Elijah had hiked up Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. Some of you have been to Israel and you, you drove up and in a bus. But nonetheless, when you got to the top, you could see the Mediterranean Sea miles and miles and miles away that you can see all the way down the valley of Jezreel all the way up to I mean it's high it's a vantage point Elijah had hiked Mount Carmel he had dug a trench he had hauled stones to build an altar he had butchered a cow he had he had had personal combat armed combat with 450 prophets of Baal he called fire down from heaven he runs a 30 mile run back to through through Jezreel I mean, just just a marathon on top yeah, of all of that. that. No, no, no big deal. deal. He's gone without food and water for a, for a, a long period of time. Listen, the Bible's describing a man at the point of exhaustion. Yeah. 
physical exhaustion. And because of it, it was a trigger and he just sank right into depression. Mm -hmm. He was so exhausted. He said, everything seems hopeless to me and I'm not making any progress and everything's the same. Nothing changes. And it it just drove him into depression. The breakers all flipped. He said, just kill me. He was exhausted. That was the issue. Uh, Jonah, uh, I think we all from Sunday school, if you grew up in church, you know a little bit about the story of Jonah. He ran from God, got caught in a monsoon on the Mediterranean. He was thrown overboard by a group of sailors after battling through the, what a stressful event is being trapped in a storm on sea. They're throwing over the tackle and the gear and the, and the cargo. And finally they said, somebody on board is, God is mad at somebody. And Jonah said, it's me. And they threw him overboard. He swallowed by fish, transported via submarine, vomited <laughs> up on the ocean, runs cross country to northern Iraq, yeah. which is the modern day city of Mosul. It's the ancient city of Nineveh. He's on the verge of heat stroke. It's in summer. Uh, uh, he preaches the gospel to the enemies of Israel. They start repenting. He's, he's burning hot under the blazing sun. His clothes are bleached from the acid of the, 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 the fish or the whale. He basically just sits down and says, God, I'm done. Stick a fork in me. I'm toast. I free, I, I'm a, just kill me. I can't go another step, say another word, do another thing. I'm exhausted. So here's the big takeaway for us this morning. We understand from the scripture that when you're physically worn out, you're a prime candidate for mm-hmm. depression. Mm-hmm. You cannot let your body therefore the emotions, therefore your whole, you cannot get totally drained. You can't bounce back in one night and recharge from that. Eight hours of sleep will not fix that. We're talking about days of rest. They're physically depleted and you being healthy, mental health, spiritual health, physical, Mm -hmm. it matters. It matters to the people who love you. It matters to God. Mm -hmm whether you're mentally, physically, emotionally healthy, it matters to God. And when you get so physically depleted, it just, it just, it leeches the life out of you. You're a candidate for depression. And so what you want to be asking yourself this morning is a little self-assessment. Am I physically worn out? Uh, Is someone you love worn out? Uh, What can you do to help them? If they're, you may need an intervention. Um, I think maybe one good byproduct of this pandemic we're experiencing is a lot of people have had to stay home. Yeah, hopefully it's forced them to rest. Forced you to rest. And and if it hasn't forced you to rest, you need to maybe take some conscious steps today and say, maybe I'm still depleted. Well, isn't that what the Sabbath actually is? It's rest. Yeah, it's rest. I mean, God God knew we needed that rhythm. It's rest. It's it's recharge. And uh, the, the second trigger so, so physical exhaustion is mm-hmm. a trigger yeah. the, the second trigger that all of these have in common is they were emotionally depleted sure moses yeah. stress level emotional stress yeah. level was off the charts right. it is clear listening to his language he has too many people to lead yeah. and he keeps saying god what did i do to you that you gave me the burden of all these people. And another way of saying that is Moses relational capacity was depleted. Mm. Um, You are like a reservoir 
Yeah. And when you give out, yeah, you don't have an unlimited supply of, that is, of relational capacity. Jesus know? does. Yeah. But you don't. Well, even we see in, in modeled him, in him, he goes off <laughs> as a man, it, you know, to, to recharge. Say, look, God has that yes. unlimited. Yes. Yes. But, but we don't. But we don't. Yeah. And you have to constantly be being filled. Right. So we've talked a little bit, maybe in a few minutes, about how we can be yeah. filled and recharged. But Moses was clearly depleted yeah. relationally. Let me let me read verse 11. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you? Now, of course, he didn't displease God. Right. But his thinking is so exhausted. Yeah. He's like, I'm, did I do something that you're, you, you're mistreating me this way? And the people were putting demands on Moses 24-7. The relational expectations were too high. This is the reason discipleship works. And it's the reason God designed his church this way in a discipleship model, because it's the only way that the emotional needs can be met of everyone in the congregation. If everyone looks to the pastors to meet my, uh, have a personal relationship with me, meet all of my emotions, that's just not even possible. it's, It's not even in the scope of reality. Moses tried, and it blew him completely up. Right. And as a result, he, as, a, as an individual, burned himself out. Mm-hmm. And, and we might say it this way, Moses' emotional fuse got really short. Yeah. So Moses is known as not being able to go into the promised land because he smoked the rock. Yeah. Let me say it another way. Moses didn't get to go in the promised land because he lost his temper. Yeah. Why did he lose his temper? Because he was emotionally depleted. And he was frustrated all the time all with his people. All the time yeah. with the people he was leading. Not a healthy way to live. You, you can't, We can't effectively lead you if we're frustrated with you. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. And thankfully, it's not that way. Yeah. But, and, and, but, but he was burned out. We, yeah. we get the problem. And, and the problem really got solved because of a mentor, because mm-hmm. of a disciple maker mm-hmm. to Moses. Yeah. It was his father-in-law. And uh, this is part of the problem of being at maybe the to the top of the food chain. There weren't that many people who could speak into Moses' life. Right. But when his father-in-law came to visit, being a really wise guy, mm. his father-in-law, uh, let me read it to you. It's Exodus 18. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you're doing is not good. Now, you, you'd have to be quite a man to look Moses in the eye and yeah, say, you're not leading well. <laughs> but his father-in-law yeah. could do that. And thank God for that. His father-in-law said, listen, I, you know I love you. And because of this relationship, I'm going to be speak truth into you. Yeah. you what you're doing is not good. You're, you're not being a good leader right now. You uh, and these people who are coming to you, you're only going to wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Yeah. Now, none of us want to be told that. No, but it's so wise, though. That we can't, you can't handle this. I mean, that just, you know, it goes against you. You'll say, yeah. yes, I can. I want to yeah. prove everybody wrong. Right. But in doing so, he burned himself completely up. Yeah. And his father-in-law said, listen, I've got some advice for you. Verse 24, Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. Yeah. Which that shows leadership right there. Submission. Yeah. He chose capable men from all of Israel and made them mm-hmm. leaders of the people. Yeah. Officials over thousands, officials over hundreds, over fifties. In other words, he put a structure in place mm-hmm. to help carry the burden of leadership. Now, gosh, this afternoon we're meeting with uh, the board of deacons yeah. to look at our governing documents, just as we told the church we would do about a year ago, to put more accountability and more structure in for leadership. Mm-hmm. Following this type of biblical model, right. 
the, the, the concept of elders begins right here for Israel. And they install a group of people called elders. And what is the role? To help carry the load so Moses can be a more effective leader, right. not a less effective leader. He was emotionally drained. And, and, and here's why. Every time you give of yourself, I'm just saying encouragement, a phone call. Uh, uh, whenever you do good, mm-hmm. virtue goes out of you. Uh, Jesus talked a little bit about this. You'll remember the woman touched the hem of his garment. And he sensed that virtue had gone out of right. him. But it's, a, it's the concept of every time I give of myself, I'm a little depleted. Yeah. And, and you either get less, 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 less depleted until yeah. you're empty and snap, uh, or you get depleted, refill. Get that's depleted, right. refill. Right. And that's the healthy ebb and flow that's because right. it is community that replenishes what is depleted. It is my communion with God mm-hmm. that replenishes me. It's my communion with brothers and sisters in Christ that refills me. Uh, if I speak into your life, I'm a little depleted, but then somebody speaks into my life and I'm refilled. Mm-hmm. And then I overflow again and I can I can minister to others. It is community that energizes us emotionally. It's like rehydrating yeah. after you've had a good good workout. And I think for a lot of us, accepting help from others, like Moses, yeah. is a big step for us. Oh, it's a huge step for many. Uh, because we have to, in taking help from others and being poured into from others, we have, we're saying essentially, I can't do it all by myself, or yeah. I'm not, you know, Superman or whatever. But we have to push that ego down That's a little right. bit and say, I need community. I, I need input from other people, and uh, you know that that's health. That's where health yeah. comes from. Uh, sometimes, David, I've heard you use the phrase, uh, be teachable. This is part of what it means to be teachable. Moses was teachable in this moment. Right. And even though he was a great leader, his father-in-law said, listen, we need to correct this. Be right. teachable, Moses. And he was. And listen, and it resulted in a lot of yeah. a lot of health. Well, we teach us in our discipleship process as well. You can't yeah. isolate, be on your own. You have to be teachable because when you're teachable, it puts you in a spot of learning. It puts you in a spot of acknowledgement that yeah. there are things for me to learn. I don't have it all figured out. I'm That's not correct. in total control. That's correct. You know, and, and, and that's a really important aspect. And, and what Moses showed, as you said it, is that even his own leadership ramps up and propels yeah. as he listens. In that moment of being vulnerable, yeah. we would say, and letting someone correct him, yeah. he actually became a better leader and a more, and, more effective leader. That's right. And became more healthy. Yeah. All in the same swing. So yeah. it's really important. Yeah. Now, let, let's shift over to Elijah and, and Jonah for a minute. Elijah was discouraged because of prolonged conflict. If you know... Elijah's story at all. He was dealing with the craziest queen we've ever seen. Yep. Uh, like the queen of hearts or whatever. Yep. Queen Jezebel and her equally wicked husband, King Ahab. Mm-hmm. They're, they're constantly... They killed everybody that came yes. in their path. And they wanted to kill Elijah <coughs> all the time. Like they wanted to do this <laughs> off with this. <laughs> A lot of people died in their administration. That's Let's right. just say that. That's right. And people mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and <laughs> and so and so Elijah is dealing with the, again the stress, the anxiety of that. I mean, the trauma of your friends, the people that you know, being killed by somebody that is supposed to be in leadership, is supposed to be leading you towards the right thing, but in fact is doing the opposite. And the thing. queen constantly saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna off get with you. your head. Yeah, off with. I'm gonna get you. Yes, exactly. Like making vows. He, like, he was on the <laughs> run for his life. That's he absolutely was. Yeah. And so let's pick it back up again in First Kings 19." 
Uh, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. This is how, again, how emotionally frayed, mentally frayed he is at this point. He says, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Those words, I've had enough. I, I mean, that that's just as honest and vulnerable as you can probably what a prayer. get right there. Yeah. And now what's interesting, and, and you brought this up. I, actually, you showed me this as we were talking about this this week. If he really wanted to die, then he should have just stayed where he was. She would have done it. She, I mean, she would have taken care of that for yep. him. I think what we're seeing here is really just, again, mental and emotional. He didn't exhaustion. want to die. Nobody wants to die. He just was depleted. Yes. And, and he and he had that distortion, a mental distortion going on right there, maybe through pity or through... Isolation? Yes, through isolation again, uh, because he's not in, in this community element right now. He's yeah. off by himself. And here he is having this, this really overwhelmed moment, Yeah. this really overwhelmed moment. And, and maybe you've had that kind of conversation in your own head where you don't really mean that. And if you took a nap like Elijah does in a moment... <laughs> You maybe would feel different after you woke up. Correct. But in the moment, it all feels so real, so overwhelming. I've had enough. I've had enough. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. And yeah. and that's exactly the, the point is that Elijah had was so discouraged because he had gone through some yeah. stuff constantly, constantly. And, he and was again, so mistreated. Yes, he was. For a long period of time. Seriously. Right. Not not just like a month or a week in the page. When we flip Devalued. The page, I mean, we're talking years here. Not respected. Yes. He's trying truth to power and no one's listening and everyone wants to kill him and, and and probably everyone listening this morning has had this conversation in their head i deserve to be treated better than this yes i'm trying to live for god yeah. i'm trying to do right and look at what's you know why the, is all this happening the cars broke down again the refrigerator's out and I, I'm, I'm i'm dealing with the health issue i'm trying to live for god i deserve to be treated better yeah. than this yeah. just being drained emotionally right yeah and again, you just said it. The car's broken down. The refrigerator's not working. I've got flooding happening. It's because some circumstances really can pile, pile on up. and add on, yep. and it feels overwhelming. Yep. And so here we here we see Elijah. Let's move on to Jonah. Jonah was frustrated with God. Uh, he he thought the way that God was running things <laughs> was not the right way. I mean, why would God send Jonah to go speak to his enemies? Uh, Jonah says it really well. <laughs> In, in chapter four, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong <laughs> and he became angry. Yeah. He, it wasn't just questions at that point. He actually went a step further than doubt and straight to how could, how dare you? How, how dare you, you God? This? God, why would you do this? Yeah. I and, don't like the way you're running things. That's right. Shaking do this differently. <laughs> that's right. And that's why he runs all of that. And so Jonah was angry because again, we've said it because God had sent him to the Assyrian nation who had plagued the Israelite people for years at this yep. point. They were cruel uh, now. Don't really think cruel. they're just, right. you know, just a little dispute. These are cruel yeah. people who butchered, Yeah, I think they're massacred. One of their favorite practices was to flay people um, as a sign of their dominance over a, yeah. a place. I'm, we're not going to go into what they flay means, but it's horrible. They mistreated yes. the children of Israel. They so were mortal enemies. It's not okay. as though Jonah doesn't have like some justification. Credible, credible reasoning. Yes. But even still, God is showing his forgiveness and his mercy. Love. That's yep. right, his mercy for, for all people, not just Jonah's people. But that makes Jonah super frustrated. Now, I think sometimes our, our mental health can be triggered by moments where our expectations aren't met, yeah. where something that we love or value a lot, whether it's an ideal or a person or a possession, gets taken from us. Or circumstances intervene that we can't 
control and those things get ripped from us. And when that happens, again, a a powerful feeling can set in of depression, of loss. Yeah. And those feelings are very real and they, and they really can weigh on a person. Well, if God blesses Israel's enemies, what does that mean for Israel? Right. Well, well, what will happen to Jonah's family and friends if the Assyrians become even more powerful and have God's, it, 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 it upsets yes. the balance of power. You know, like I said, it's it's like God. Why would you do that? Right. It, what, makes, what, it doesn't compute for Jonah. Right. It, he can't he can't come to grips with why God is doing what God is doing. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Now, what I find interesting though is that Jonah doesn't take that to God. He runs from him. And again, isolation will produce distortion. Common denominator in all of yes. these isolation. Yes. And even if you're around a lot of people. You, you can, can still, still yeah, isolate. Lost in a crowd. Sure, sure, sure. You know? Sure. Yeah, because you can be in a bunch of people, but never have yes. that small group, that community, that yeah. I let my walls down. You have to let your walls down with That's people right. to get recharged. Yeah. If you constantly have the walls up, you only become more and more depleted That's right. over time. That's right. So well, Moses, so here's what we see. Moses was relationally spent. Because he had not developed healthy boundaries. He never said no to anyone. And he never said, you know, I need some time for myself or, or some family time. Or most of these marriages that are represented in these types of characters in the Old Testament are in a horrible state of affairs. Mm-hmm. Because there's just no healthy boundaries mm-hmm. or, or limits on how they're spending their time. There's not a healthy balance in their life. Yeah. For Elijah, Elijah was focused on his circumstances. Right. And the circumstances were bleak. Yeah. But but he never kept, he couldn't get his eyes up on the big picture of what God was doing. It was just how he was being mistreated, yeah. and it it pu- pushed him into that depression. Yeah. And and for Jonah, Jonah wasn't trusting God's goodness. Yeah. God is going, shall not God do that which is right? right. <laughs> I mean, God's going to do the yeah. right thing. But if you if you think, well, I'm not sure God's going to do the right thing, then it takes you down yes. this whole rabbit hole. Yes. And, and Jonah wasn't just saying, okay, if this, if God wants to save these Assyrians, then, but then there's a, that's his prerogative. Let it work out. Yeah. Let, let me just footnote that really not in any of our preparation, but Nineveh, capital of the Assyrians, where this revival happens mm-hmm. is the modern day, uh, Mosul in Iraq. Listen, it was just months ago that the news was talking about ISIS going into Mosul and trying to wipe out these ancient Christians in the middle of all of these Arab Muslim lands, Mm -hmm. there were pockets of Christians. Listen, these, these Christians, yeah, it was a heritage from Jonah is a heritage from thousands of years ago because the Ninevites came to faith in God and repented at the preaching of, of Jonah. And there's been Christians in the middle East ever since, but, our mental health, the big point is our mental health issues get triggered when something we love, like you said, is threatened yeah. Yeah. or we overload or we get depleted yeah. uh, physically, mentally. We, we never say no or we isolate yeah. ourselves. Yeah. All of these things, uh, well, even an, an overinflated ego saying, sure. I can do it all. Yeah. You can't. You just can't. Yeah. And all of that leads to the, these triggers for depletion, which mm-hmm. ultimately go to depression. I think the opposite of this, as we were preparing, I'm just trying to think, you know, gosh, where in the Bible is the opposite of all of this yeah. depletion and, and, and I can do it all. Mm. And to me, my mind went back to the 23rd Psalm. I'm going to read it from NIV, just a few verses. Psalm of David 
the Lord is my shepherd. I've got somebody protecting me, yeah. speaking into me, caring for the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down, rest, yeah. recharge That's right. in green pastures, yeah. safe place, safe yeah. food, lush. He leads me beside quiet waters. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. Three, he refreshes my soul. All of us have to have our soul refreshed constantly. And it's done in that relationship with Christ one way. And it's done in community with those who are related to Christ. Those are the ways we get restored. We get sustained. We get refreshment. So uh, let's talk about this in, in conclusion this morning, David. Let's give some answers for how how to overcome depression. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we, I don't want to come across as too simplistic. And sure, it's sure. not a, you know, it's not a magic formula. One, two, three, cure. That's silly. Yeah. Well, and even if you get healthy. Sure. Who's it, to say it won't come back? In a few days, we're going to be back there. Well, and some people deal with it momentarily or seasonally. And some people have a chronic. Cyclical. You know, an actual Listen, illness. I've, I've, I've been transparent about this. When I travel overseas for extended periods of time, I come back with depression. And I come back for, I could give you a lot of reasons why, but I'm totally spent from speaking nonstop. I've traveled around the world, I'm, I'm dehydrated. <laughs> I'm usually traveling <laughs> alone or with one other person. I'm isolated from my loved ones, all the things we just said. And then I've lived in a third world country and then I, my diet's all messed up. Right. My system's all messed up. Right. Sometimes I've actually contracted staff, the yellow fever, the scarlet feet, you know, I, I mean, I come back yeah. home and I've got to preach Sunday right. and start ministering to people again. That's a lot. It, it blows me up. Yeah. And, and so I have, well, for 20 plus years dealt with this, Susan, I'm on my way home, you know, get the meds ready. I mean, you're saying get, yeah. get you know, get the Gatorade and, and pull the, uh, yeah. you know, blackout shake because I'm going to go through this cycle. Yeah. Where I've got it, I've got to almost crash and be rebuilt back up for a few days right. or a week or two to get back to a healthy place because I've just given, given, given. So now again, we're not talking about clinical depression and we're not, you know, doctors or anything. Sure. I want to be sure you guys and I so I don't want you to think, well, you're gonna give me some magic formula. No, we're just gonna give you three or four good principles here. Sure. Let David articulate three or four good principles that are just help us all. Yeah whether either avoid it going into depression or as we start the slide, mm -hmm. try to try to make a, a recovery. That's right. So talk yeah. us through what that looks like. I will. And well, I based on their symptoms, at least. Exactly. So I think when we read the text, we see a pattern emerge. We're not seeing one, two, three, cure, boom. And that's how it works. That's that's so simplistic, so reductionist. It's not how things work in life. But a pattern can emerge, and I think we're going to look really at Elijah here because specifically for him. Yeah, the it's first laid thing, out clearly for yes, Elijah. Yeah. The first thing is get needed rest. We're going to look at 1 Kings chapter 19 again. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals Ooh, and a jar of water. Fresh baked bread. Can't beat it. I'm sure many of you in quarantine have cooked <laughs> real bread this time, and it's, it's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> so he ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. Uh, I think we're seeing an important cycle occur here. Sleep, eat, hydrate, repeat. 
sleep, eat, hydrate, repeat. This can be a powerful, um, I don't know, step in in your healing alone. Go on social media and tell them this is what you learned at church today. (laughs) Yeah, sleep, eat, hydrate, repeat. Sleep, eat, hydrate, repeat. But again, because we're a whole person, it really does bear impact on how we view the world. Not just sleep, eat, hydrate. That's right. Repeat. Multiple days of this. Yeah. Yeah. In order to get your body in a healthy place That's again. That's right. Yep. That's right. I, I was listening to a pastor who was talking about Sabbath and, and being silent with the Lord and finding some time alone with him. And he said his Sabbath, the way he does it, is Friday night to Saturday afternoon because within his Sabbath, he wants to sleep for like 12 hours. And that puts him, propels him towards actually that, wanting to seek the Lord. That's not being not, lazy. No. That's being healthy. That's right. Listen to your body and its needs. Well, how many of us who have had the flu before during the middle of the flu are just like, Lord, send down your Holy Spirit and bless me right now. I'm going to go out and evangelize the whole world. No, you need to sleep. You need to rest. You need to build your body back up. Sleep, eat, hydrate, hydrate, repeat. It's, it's important. It's okay? a biblical concept. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. The next thing is speak your feelings. Now, this is really important. Um, let's look again at Elijah's story, verses 9 through 10 in uh, chapter 19. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword, and I am the only only one left. left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Uh, What I find interesting about the way that God handles this situation and interesting about how Elijah responds back to God, God doesn't yell at Elijah or Moses or Jonah. Instead, he walks faithfully with them. And God doesn't just show up and start preaching. Sure. He asks them questions. Talk to me. Yeah, what's Talk going to on? me, Elijah. Tell me what's in your head. And he allows them to speak those feelings. Even if they come out wrong. That's right. That's right. Now, there's a great lesson in prayer right here yes. for all of us. Yes. Talk to God and don't worry how it's going to come out. That's right. Because your feelings aren't bad. They're just your feelings. They are what they are. Now, it's bad if you run with them and they become reality. Well, they control you to yes. an unhealthy degree. That's right. But when you're talking with God, you've got to talk it out honestly. Yeah. And I think sometimes Christians are like, well, I'm I, supposed to be stoic. Yeah, I can't express my frustration yeah. with God. Because I can't say, God, God yeah. what in the world are you doing? Yeah. No, that's exactly the way he that's wants exactly you to talk right. to him. That's exactly This right. is the way the... This is the prophet well, Elijah. And when we repress those feelings, it's actually really unhealthy for us because it doesn't help us deal with the moment as it passes along. It doesn't right. help us name it out and call it. Instead, it, yeah. instead it pushes it down and creates, again, a relational capacity issue where we're dealing, holding on to these emotional things over here on the side. And if we don't let them go, then we're actually giving relational capacity, mental capacity to those things. Yep. Whereas if we dealt with them in the moment and moved from them, We'd be much healthier in the end. When you repress it down enough, yes. it's bound to explode at some point. Or, or it, at it, someone else that didn't even have anything to do with what you were talking about in the first place. Typically the people yes. you love the most. Yeah, that's right. So it's healthier. I mean, yeah. listen to the words of God. Elijah, what are you doing here? Yeah. What are you doing here? Right. What's going on? What's in your head? Yeah. Why are you so discouraged? Talk, talk this out with me. Yeah. Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what's going on. And as you said, he's named, it's important for us to name the people. I am angry. Yeah. Yes. I am frustrated. <laughs> uh, right. I am at my wit's end. Yeah. God, I don't understand. Yeah. I'm feeling neglected. I'm feeling mistreated. I'm yeah. feeling undervalued. Talk it out. That's name really it. Important. Tell him what you're feeling. Yeah. And I think, I think what we uh, tend to do is we allow feelings just to move by. 
again, because we've heard so many sermons where feelings are bad or evil or whatever, I think it's important to name them, to call them out, because in the identifying of your feelings, you're actually giving yourself understanding, and you prop yourself up in the in the place of knowing that can give you confidence the next time to identify those feelings yeah. again, and instead of going with them, saying, oh, I'm seeing this pattern emerge again, I need to do these things right here. And I have an anger not. problem that exactly. keeps showing up. Exactly. I have a pity problem that keeps showing That's up. That's right. I have a whatever. Yeah. You know, because I've talked it out with God. Wow. Oh, God. It seems like I just talked about this three or four days. I keep circling around, don't I, God? Right. Oh, and so now that's a healthy process to talk it out and name it because now it sets you up for the next step. That's absolutely right. And the next step is for us to listen to God. Because now he's going to speak. To actually hear what he has to say. Correct. Because we have to do these things first to get to a place where we're actually ready to listen. Right. Uh, so let's look again back at Elijah's story, verses 11 through 13. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing what here, are you doing here? Let's Elijah? Talk it out. Now, what I really find interesting about this is we don't know what God whispered to Elijah. I, I love that. And, and we won't know what God's going to whisper to you specifically, what he's going to say to you, what circumstances he's going to use to speak to you specifically. But we do know this, that God's in the business of encouraging mm-hmm. God's in the business of healing you and moving you past the things that you're dealing with. He's in the business of helping you manage the things that you're dealing with right now. And I love the question he asks again. What are you doing here? This is one of the most dramatic passages in the Bible. So he sets up the depressed prophet to encounter God. And so it's like all of these things you might think. Well, if God was going to show up and talk to <laughs> yeah. me, if he just did this, there would be an earthquake, <laughs> a fire would fall from heaven, or yeah. the ground would shake, or yeah. blah 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 blah, and all of those things happen, but no God. Right. Just, just this, you know, just powerful moments, but but not God's presence necessarily. And the, the scripture, the way it says, but then a still, gentle voice, Elijah, let's talk now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just really impactful. It's like a, it's like your mentor, like your yes. father, yes. your heavenly father is like your father. Yeah. He would come to you and say, okay, you talk, you got it all out now. <laughs> yeah. Now let's really talk. <laughs> now let me put my arms around <laughs> okay. you, but notice God's not scolding. Him. No, no. God's not no. preachy at him. No. God's not judgmental about his attitudes right. or calling him out for all that he vomited out emotionally. Yeah. God's just like, come here, man. You need a hug. Yeah. I mean, that's almost the way this comes out. You need yeah, dude, you it's need, so gentle. You need a hug. <laughs> come it's here. It's so sweet. And just in a gentle voice, yes. God says, come on, man. You are, I love you. Yeah. You are my chosen, you know. Well, and, and in that listening, again, it, it puts Elijah in a place of I'm teachable. I have something to learn now. Before it's I'm zealous for the Lord and I did all this yeah. stuff. And now it's Elijah's very calm. And he's ready to hear from He's from rested. God. He's That's hydrated. Right. That's right. He's got it off his chest. Yes. 
now he can receive something from God. He's got a soft heart. And actually what happens through that listening is it transforms him. Yeah. Well, his tank's going to be filled now. That's right. Through this encounter That's with right. God. Yeah. Uh, I, and I would say this, uh, there's really one more step mm. that's clear in, in Elijah's story. Um, and, and let's call that re-engaging, re-engaging your purpose. Yeah. So, you know, it's that, it's that rest, mm-hmm. talk it out. Mm-hmm. All right, now hear mm-hmm. what God's saying to us. Okay. That's not the end. Right. The next step is I need to re-engage. Do something. So no longer stay isolated. No longer with this behavior. Now I'm going to re-engage what my purpose is. Uh, and of course, our purpose, New Testament content, mm-hmm. make disciples. Yeah. Advance the kingdom of God. Get in community. Love one another. Uh, I think the big point is here, you can't run from your life. Absolutely. What did he tell Elijah? He said something about... Uh, he says, go back the way you came. Go the way you came. So he had journeyed to this place and then God deals with him there. And then God says, go back the way It's worded in such a curious way that it really smacks of now go back and live the life that you're living. You've had some tough circumstances, but you can't. That is your life. That's right. This is the path I've ordained for you. Go back the way you came. Go back and engage. Go back to Fort Worth. Go back to your life and re-engage with the purpose that I've given you there. And, and what's even further uh, curious for Pastor Jeremy leads our discipleship ministry is they both went back and made disciples yes. in particular. Yeah. Moses and Elijah. Moses, yeah. now healthier, yeah. starts really pouring into the next generation of leaders, Joshua, mm-hmm. who will take the conquest, get them in the promised land, yeah. and become a great leader for Israel. In uh, Elijah's case... He's about to go throw his discipleship yeah. mantle onto a young guy named Elisha. Yeah. Who will, super confusing, but yeah, that's Elisha. But, but Elisha <laughs> will be more powerful. Yeah, than even Elijah. I mean, you, that's a whole other sermon right yeah. there. And actually, that's the end of this passage we just read, is God giving instructions to Elijah. Go back the way you came, and I'm going to bring a disciple yeah. into your path. Yeah. Because your purpose isn't just rebuking kings and being mistreated. Sure. Your purpose is investing in the next generation. That's absolutely right. Go make disciples. And the point is that they, they were, listen, here's depression in the Bible. Clearly, mm-hmm. these people are depressed to the point of suicide almost. Yeah. Just kill me. I, I want to take my life. And then they got healthy again. Right. And when they got healthy, they re-engaged. Yeah. The same will be true for you and I. When we're unhealthy, we isolate. And when we get healthy, we need to re-engage. And I think there's a message there for all of us. I think everybody should be asking this morning, you know, what uh, what is my purpose? Am I engaged in that purpose? What is God calling me to do? Yeah. Uh, if you're struggling this morning, you might be asking yourself, uh, who is God bringing into your life to help you? I mean, this is what, you know, yeah. Moses' father-in-law said, you've got people here. Good people that will help you lead in your context. Good people who will help you. They're, we're all surrounded. This is the beauty yeah. of community right. at Cornerstone. You have a beautiful, wonderful church family of spirit-filled men and women. Mm. You are not in this alone. Yeah. Whether this is parenting and you're frustrated with parenting <laughs> right. or our marriage or career or life or my emotions or my... 
whatever you're going through, you're not alone. You have a community called the church, the body of Christ. And these are spirit gifted, mm -hmm. spirit filled individuals, men and women who will gladly be a resource to anybody. Yes. yes. Put an arm around you, yeah. be a mentor to you, be a sounding board to you. Yeah. Be a mint, be, be someone who will speak into your life. Be the person who helps recharge you. Yeah. Uh, the system is there. You just have to access uh, the system. So, uh, you know, again, big takeaways, David. We're more than a body, or we're more than just a brain. Right. You're a whole. You're you're an embodied spirit. Yes. And uh, we need a holistic approach. Agreed. To health. Yes. When we say health, we don't mean just run a 5K. We sure. mean mentally emotionally yeah. spiritually um because we all have different health levels whether it's an illness or we're or we're just dealing with something that's happening right now we all need to monitor our health whether it's intellectually mentally emotionally yeah. whatever it is that's vital for us and the more that we do that within a context of community the better off we're going to be depression uh anxiety stress mm -hmm. trauma yeah these are common to every one of us. Absolutely. Now, we, you may never talk to anybody about your depression, but you've probably experienced it. The thing is, though, depression, anxiety, and stress, and sickness, and certain, they don't have to define us. No. No. Listen, no. just because Elijah was depressed to the point of not even valuing his own life doesn't mean that defines him as a man. Sure. Uh, he had a whole wonderful career. He made, I mean, that's just a moment. Yeah. It was just a period, you know, Moses, when I say it, it, before today, before this man, had we just said, hey, let's talk about Moses. You think law giver, 10 commandments, right. part in the Red Sea. Right. You certainly don't think, oh, he's the guy who was depressed and told God to kill him. That's not what, because that, that was an episode. Yeah. And we got through that. He got through that. And you're not defined by what you're going through good. or what you're feeling now. There is health yes. on the other side of this. And the more you find your identity in Christ, mm -hmm. Listen, let him minister health to you. That's right. Peace that passes all understanding. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meek. All of this wonderful, yeah. uh, vibrant health comes from that That's walk right. with the Holy Spirit and abiding in Christ. The more we abide in him, the more really we put, I say put roots down, but he is the roots. <laughs> he's he's yeah. the vine, we are the branches. But the more we can draw those resources into our life yeah. from Christ. That, that's, that's what it's all about. So this week, listen, let's focus on re-engaging uh, this physical isolation we've had to go through mm -hmm. can be a trigger to depression. Sure can. And, and the stress even of the of the moment, the, the not the knowing, unknown, the, the, unknown. You know, the future and all that. So. And one of the things I think you and I are struggling with and, and, and the staff here is we we can't tell you, hey, let's hundreds of us come together and have a party. Yeah. And we want and, to. But the time's <laughs> not right for that. Right. The best we can do is say, find a small group and get in yeah. a watch party. Yeah. You know, let somebody hug your neck. Do, and if you're at home alone right now or, or isolated from community, maybe reach out to us yeah. or reach out to some of your friends after hearing this message. Just say, you know what? I need a good, healthy 30 minute conversation yeah. with somebody. Yeah. And uh, certainly every, every disciple maker at Cornerstone, and there are hundreds of you who are hearing this message this morning, you know that if somebody reaches out to you this week, the, you, they're asking, they're begging you, 
recharge me, speak into me, encourage me. So if somebody reaches out, know that's what's happening. And know if you're the person reaching out, it's okay. And that's a huge step for some people. Yeah. So really, you know, really engage with that. That's yeah. that's really important. So let's re-engage and remember that that victory happens when mm. when God draws near and we connect with God. Yeah. You are connected to the vine. That's right who has all of the resources for health and nourishment for your life. Yeah. Don't isolate, mm. but isolate. There's the conflict we're in. You feel that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Isolate because of COVID, but don't isolate Yeah. because you'll, you, yeah. you're, it's a trigger for depression. So we're going to have to listen. This is our challenge right now. I think it's a very timely sure. uh, topic for today. We have to figure out how to balance between I need to social distance. Yes. But you but are need to connect with you people. are created yeah. to be a social creature. Yeah. And that's why solitary commandment confinement yeah. makes you go crazy ultimately. So if you're at home and you're stir crazy, uh, reach out. Yeah. Reach out to your disciple maker. Reach out to someone you trust. Those can be canary in the coal mine moments. I don't know if people Explain know that it. metaphor. Explain it. The canary in the coal mine. Canary if the coal mine's going bad. Uh, yes. not actually, yeah, yes. exactly. Then, then they die, and that's a that's a, a sign. Even though we can't smell the chemicals, something's wrong. Something's unhealthy. So if we're going stir crazy, if we're if we're finding ourselves frayed at our emotional ends, if we're if yelling, we're yelling at, at spouse, yelling at the kids, we uh, need we need to call our trusted mentor. Piling on the weight. Right. We've all piled on a few pounds here. All right, that can lead to an yes. unhealthy place. Yes. So we've got to get this under control. All, those are all things that we need to begin to examine for our right. own our own health. Right. It's really important. Okay, so you begin to ask yourself in this closing prayer here, God, what do you mm. want me to do? What steps do you want me to take? Let's take those steps. Uh, if you feel like you need someone to talk to, you know, you can reach out to us. Um, if you're maybe you don't have our cell phone numbers or a cell phone number of a disciple maker at church, you have a number right here and you can reach out right here and say, hey, I just need somebody to talk to. Somebody will talk to you. And uh, uh, we love you. God loves you. God wants you healthy. We want you yeah, healthy. Absolutely. We want to be healthy yeah. with you. How about that? Yeah. We want a healthy, vibrant community at Cornerstone. And you're going to overcome what you're going through. God's mm -hmm. going to help you. So let's have a blessed week. Let's pray together. You guys enjoy your afternoon kids content. We'll go up live here in just a few minutes. Okay. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for these wonderful examples from your word that tell us we're not crazy. That this is part of being human. Uh, it's part of what we experience and Lord protect us and Lord as we uh, feel circumstances piling on Lord uh, give us peace to transcend those moments Lord give us wonderful friends and, and disciple makers who can speak into our lives Lord give us the courage to listen Lord give us the courage to be honest when we pray to you and just be able to share and name our feelings as we pour it out to you and God, give us spiritual ears to listen when you speak back to us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just uh, speak in our inner man throughout the week. Lord, speak to us and, and, and let us be sensitive to your voice and uh, uh, not quench what you're trying to do in our lives. Fill us. Be like, be like a, a spring bubbling up and overflowing from us. Lord, that not only could we be healthy, but we would be able to give health to others in the form of encouragement and time and care that they need. Lord, let us be a community of love that just overflows. God, thank you for all the blessings you've, you've ministered to us. 
And Lord, specifically today, we pray for mental health, for emotional health in our congregation as we struggle with isolation and unknowns and this roller coaster ride of what the future looks like. God, we know you are good and you will care for your children. And Father, we rest in your goodness this morning. Lord, help us to be a blessing to others this week. And if someone around us is overburdened or stressed or tired, Lord, inspire us with ways to help them and be a, be a community of encouragement to them. Lord, thank you for the word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon.